Hello, and welcome to another episode of Body Liberation for All. I'm your host, Dahlia Kinsey, holistic registered dietitian and the author of Decolonizing Wellness, a QT BIPOC-centered guide to escape the diet trap, heal your self-image, and achieve body liberation. My work is centered on amplifying the health and happiness of BIPOC and LGBTQIA folks. The harmful effect that being exposed to systemic oppression and chronic stress has on the body is very real. But the great news is that we can counter the damage that systemic oppression has on our lives and on our bodies. And that is exactly what we explore here on Body Liberation for All. I'm so glad that you've decided to join me. Let's get started. Yeah, they might try to put you in a box. Tell them that you don't accept. When the world is tripping out, tell them that you love yourself. Hey, hey, smile on them. Live your life just how you like it. It's your party. Negativity is not invited. For my queer folk, my trans, people of color, let your voice be heard. Look in the mirror and say that it's time to put me first. You were born to win. Head up high with confidence. This show is for everyone. So I thank you for tuning in. Let's go. Ooh. I'm so hey, proud of us right now. Look at us. It's just mastery the technology. <laughs> okay, so we're officially starting now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. You know what time it is. You know how extremely stressful this week has been. We already knew America loved white supremacy, but we might not have known how much. And maybe didn't know how we would be affected by watching America show its ass this week. I know for me, I was so easily triggered this week and just everything pushed me right over the edge. Someone tried to condescend to me, another dietitian on TikTok, and I like literally lost my mind immediately. She just assumed because I'm a brown person and because I'm in a bigger body that I don't know anything and wanted references at random. And I was just like, and I just didn't want to feel so reactive. So I was happy that we already had this scheduled. What can you tell us about how you have been processing this week and how long you've been working on your mindfulness and being non-reactive? Yeah. So first off, thank you for having me. Yeah, this week is interesting. As a person who's like really wanting to be living the life that is like wellness, there's a lot of things that happen for me. And one of the things that I know is that if I'm not making myself a priority, no one else will. And so this week, I had to do what I had to do. And like that was taking a week off of work. And I've literally dedicated this whole week to giving something back to myself, right? Or connecting to something that's always been really important to me and making that the big news, right? Making that the biggest thing that's happening for me. And yeah, like that's been what's serving me. So I've been like cooking. I've been talking to friends. I've been just doing my best to exist in a way that I want to exist. And uh, yeah, mindfulness and meditation and all the things show up in those spaces as well. Because I got to really know who I am first, right? Before I can realize, oh, it takes this, it takes that, it takes this. For me, wellness, meditation, mindfulness, 
is is the only thing that I have, right? When it comes to existing and being well, when like oppression is still a thing, right? And it's always been. And when it, you know, as it relates to like my body and what I'm doing with it, how people are perceiving it, wellness is like my medicine. And so meditation is, is just my thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's always been my thing. I think that like v- very early on in my life, that's all I was, that's, that's what I was doing. Like I was just sitting and I was just paying attention to what was happening around me. And, you know, family label, this is like shyness, like, oh, Josh is a shy, like I, I'm not shy. Right. You decided that. And what I decided was, is that I'm going to be mindful, right? I'm going to be mindful of what's happening around me and how I'm feeling. And I don't know, that work just kind of continued and it expanded into this where I realized like, oh, there's like deep value in that. Right. And, and knowing who I am, knowing how I feel, being comfortable with it whether it's something that's like really good or not so good and, you know, and and deciding like, oh, I can teach people this too. Like I'm a great teacher because I've been watching people and understanding how we're learning, how we are retaining the information and how we're utilizing it. So a, a lot of things have been on my side when it comes to like wellness and meditation and I'm, I'm happy. That's so interesting that you naturally have that inclination. And I know for some people who, depending on how you process energy and information, it is more intuitive to make the room for introspection. I also know that for a lot of us who have dealt with so much trauma over our lifetime, we're afraid of silence and afraid of introspection because if we get in touch with our emotions, it feels like it may just break something loose and we'll feel out of control. We'll feel overly distressed. And so we're afraid of it consciously or unconsciously. And we yeah. keep avoiding the silence and avoiding things like mindfulness. And this year in particular, it's been very difficult if you've been running from emotions and if yeah. you've been suppressing them, it's been hard to keep that running going because there has been so much space and room for introspection. Yeah. We should- before, Paul, and you mentioned that if you don't feel the feelings and you don't process the feelings, they get stuck. So even yes. when we, we're protecting ourselves by avoiding our emotions, running from them, they can't really be escaped. Can you talk about that more? Yeah. Okay. So first, I, I want to say this. When I talk about the experience for people of color or from the lens of people of color, I'm talking from the lens of like a black person. I'm a black person, right? And when I think about from the very start, right, learning what the emotions are all about, how to express them, when it's appropriate to what I find in conversation with other people is that like we're limited to those experiences. Like sadness is not something that I was like openly allowed to experience. Like people were trying to constantly fix it. People were constantly telling me like, 
boys don't do that. You need to cut that out. You know, this is something that you have to stop. And, you know, it was almost like in, in this, this, this family's, you know, space, like only certain people at certain levels could experience things. So like I had no room for anger, right? I was doing something wrong by being angry or by being sad or sometimes like expressing too much joy. Like, you know, like if we're just getting down to the truth of it, right? This is just, this is just it. This is kind of what's happening in the family dynamics. And, and so like now as a young adult, um, like I've been through it all, <laughs> right? Like I've, I've had the anxiety attacks. I've gone through the depression. I've, I've, I've had all those experiences. And I guess what I'm realizing right now is like, Every single thing that I've ever experienced from the beginning, I'm still carrying with me in some way, right? So when I'm feeling anxiousness in my stomach or if it's getting really crazy and now it's in my heart and in my chest, the same thing I was feeling when I first experienced it, right? So it's just like in this space and it's this sitting. And so when we are doing the work of being honest with ourselves, being open with ourselves, loving on ourselves, being, you know, seeking out that liberation, what we're doing is we're finding the opportunities to say, hey, you are here, right? I, I don't, I don't really know why, like, I could know why, I, you know, or I could be like turning a blind eye to it, but we're, you're here and it's my responsibility to step into that knowing that you're here and to do something about it. Like you can live here, I guess, but I'm, personally, I'm not willing to take anything from this year into the next year with me. And the reason I'm not willing to do that is because when I do that, I am attaching myself to my past, right? And it's like this thing, this this chain, this connection where no matter what happens, right? This is always gonna be my experience. And when I'm diving into these practices, you know, I'm, I'm giving myself the opportunity to be free. Like I, I, I just, I'm unwilling at this point to, you know, have the first experience with sadness continue to be the reminder that this is what sadness is all based on. This one experience, you can go to therapy all you want to, you can talk about it all you want to. But I'm, I'm in here and I'm going to stay in here until you do something about it. So that, that's a lot of what like the emotional intelligence piece of, of my work is all about is like getting to that saying, Hey, you can go if you want to, you know, like creating the gentle invitation to just like leave. And then usually we find that that's not the case. Like it's there. It's been there. And, um, you know, then the other invitation comes where we say like, okay, so what does liberation look like for you? Like there's something, some little part of me, right? Some inner child that's holding on to something. How do I free that up for you? And and that is what I'm offering people. Oh, I love that. When you developed your most current offering, was it this year in response to this year or what triggered it? Why state of grace and why now? Yeah. It's so interesting. All of the people who know me, like on a very personal level, they know that like 
the one thing that I crave more than anything is like quality time. But in that quality time, like peace, right? Like peace within, peace within those around me. And, you know, I really jumped into teaching guided meditation and emotional intelligence this year, right? I've, I've already gone through the yoga teachers training, meditation trainings, like all the things. And it felt like the right time to like jump in. And, and what I realized was that like when COVID was happening, it was like starting people are freaking out, right? I don't know how I'm going to be at home by myself. I don't know how I can be with my thoughts for this long. Like it's, it, I don't know. It was a lot. And so for me, it was like, like I do this all the time. <laughs> like when no one's paying attention to me, I'm sitting in a conference room in a meeting and I'm thinking about myself, right? I'm figuring something out about me. And when I'm doing something like that with ease and all the time, and it's like my natural thing, why not be sharing it with people? You know, and so this time was the birth of, of like private sessions, right? Where I was one-on-one with people and giving them a real opportunity to say, I'm terrified. I, I don't know what to do. Who am I? This is ter- like, if I'm not working, if I, if that's not my purpose, then what is my purpose? Right. And this is a lot of what was coming up. And so this course, you know, it's just like the thing that needed to happen. I, outside of this work, I work at a therapeutic boarding school. And so it's like all these kids, all these emotions. And I'm like a lot of people's moms and I'm a lot of people's dads, <laughs> right? And, you know, the thing is, I guess the thing is like, in that space, I've been learning how to hold space in a real way. Right. In like this live action, it's happening in front of me. You know, I have to be thinking on my toes. And, and what I realize is like, I even walk in that space with grace. Like people can be yelling, screaming, destroying things. And, and I'm, and I'm there and I'm saying, "Mm, if that's what you got to do, you know, like let it out, like don't hold on to it. And so I created this course, like, with that understanding, like, things are happening and people's responses are their responses, but the real work is figuring out how to support them in letting it go, right? And, and how to be liberated from it and how to do that with, with grace. <laughs> the prospect of liberation, even through oppression, is, it's just beautiful and for some of us, it might feel unattainable, but I'm excited to see so many healers of color and black healers in particular, because the amount of abuse we have sustained in this country is just, it's astronomical. Sometimes it almost seems like fiction. It's unbelievable. The crimes against humanity that have been perpetrated against black people in this country and people are continually trying to gaslight us and say, it's not that bad. I'm like, what's the talking about? Have you ever read a book? But to know that no matter what happens, we are going to be all right. We are able to not just survive, but to thrive and to even do healing that the generations before us didn't have the space for. 
it's wonderful to see how many people are dedicating time and energy to that work. And it does make me feel more aligned this year, now that I've made that shift myself to really focusing on serving marginalized people. And if someone who isn't in those marginalized categories resonates with the message, the way my boundaries are, I'm still comfortable working with them. But anybody who doesn't resonate with the message of serving the most vulnerable, serving the people with the largest amount of trauma from daily threats against our safety, constant undermining of our identities. And then it gets even more complex and there are more layers when we look at being somebody who's queer and Black and not finding cases easily, right? It's a whole thing. So how did you get to the point that you realized not only was it safe to integrate all of your identities into work, but that it would be healing for people. Yeah. Well, I want to say something about what you just said, because like that is a huge part of why I'm doing the work. So when I started to practice meditation, the first person of color that I ever saw doing meditation was on a TV show called Run's House. It's like Reverend Run, like he's like trying to sell to black people like meditation's a thing and that was like the first black person right and so every person before that had been like a straight white person like male or female didn't matter right and they are going in like going to india and they're like bringing back this knowledge and wisdom and they're the ones who are teaching it for some reason right not to say that what they're teaching is not credible, right? But it's like, this is what they're teaching. And so in in that meditation space where I'm like, oh, I'm starting out, I'm learning. I'm like sitting in meditation for the first time. And they're like, okay, close your eyes and let everything go. And I'm like, <laughs> everything. Like, like, what, do you, right? what do you mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm barely holding on to what I have. What do you mean let go of everything? And the messages of like, yeah, what's happening on the outside world? Like, that doesn't matter. And I'm like, but it does. (laughs) You know, like, there's, uh, you're missing something here. And I think what was missing was like, the other experience, right? Which is like, the, the people who look like me, right? Who are living like me, you're missing our experience. And there are rarely times where we can say, Oh yeah, nothing matters. Like I'm the only thing in the world that matters right now. That's virtually impossible when we think about the typical structures of our families, when we think about how we show up to workspaces, how we show up in our friend group. Like, nah, like that's just not possible. And so like I was disconnected from meditation for a long time. Like I was like, I'm not listening to a white woman tell me I don't need to worry about what's don't happening. Worry about it. Yeah, like that, that's breath. like the mantra of the the white healer, white co- coaches. It's like just don't worry about it. Oh, that's your ego. That doesn't matter. <laughs> um, like, yeah, like, right. It's I don't know. It's it's yeah. I don't know. It's it's really crazy to think that we are now just kind of stepping into this understanding of like, oh, people have different experiences and we must be creating offerings and spaces that welcome them. 
right? How we're just getting to that understanding. I have no clue, right? This has always been something that I've understood, but it's taken a lot of, of work on myself, right? To realize like, this is true, right? And no matter if the world is saying this is true, Black Lives Matter, like whatever, it, that doesn't mean that it's not real, right? Like this is a real thing and it always has been. And so what I'm, what I'm really hoping to be doing is supporting people and realizing like your ideas of wellness, they are not luxury, right? They've been sold to us as luxury. Like I talked to a homegirl and I'm like, yeah, girl, things are getting like, you're telling me a lot, but like, I can't hold on to that. Like, have you ever considered a therapist? And she's like, a therapist, you know? And, and it's not like, I would never speak to anyone about my issues because like you're doing that with me, right? It's more of like, well, why would I invest my time in that, my money in that? And really when we think about it, when you do prioritize yourself, like you get all the stuff back, like everything comes back to you and then you're the one who's prioritized. So I don't think I answered your question and I think I like well, lost it in that. You know, but- I'm really good about forgetting just following your train of thought, it just makes so much sense that so many of us have trouble prioritizing our own emotional needs because we were raised by people who really had to work hard to keep us alive and to keep themselves alive. And when survival is your number one priority, you don't make room for that type of emotional work. You can't prioritize releasing those negative emotions you have trust trapped in your body. And you can't prioritize really developing a practice of cultivating happiness in a hostile environment because first you have to feel safe enough to be able to do those things. And so yeah. no one modeled these things for us. And you're right. I always saw meditation and self care put out there as luxury items and we don't see anyone black or anybody who you know is suffering some from some kind of systemic oppression modeling like I use this for self-care because number one these tradition traditions originally were practiced by people who were suffering from different degrees of marginalization even while it was being introduced to the west a lot of people have been using this for centuries it's not connected to privilege really but that's just yes. how we've seen it used here. So when you use these deep ancient practices to help wealthy white people feel better about themselves, it's not that like the practice is trash. It just isn't applicable to all of us because of the when <laughs> it's coming through. So good for yes. you. You get to feel better about your life as you process the human experience, which is very trying. But we're going through the same human experience with all these additional layers of systemic oppression and yes. your superficial spiritual practice isn't going to do anything for me. I need something deeper. I need something yes. that goes beyond just this whitewash, capitalistic, kind of vapid thing, you know? Yes. And there are definitely some people who are part of the dominant culture and are privileged who are profoundly spiritual people. Yeah. Uh, you'll. Yes. Yeah. 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 Ye
It's just so interesting that people most irresponsible about how they shall shall feel. Yeah. Are the like are the most true. So yes, there's like wow, everyone trying to sell yoga felt that wasn't aware of that was one type of right yeah that's so true yeah that's true and so this is like the challenge right so when i show up in these spaces like yeah i show up in the spaces and i give everything that i can give you know but like the challenge is like all of those people i'm still up against so uh, i'll share this with you because i think this needs to to be said I do guided meditations on Insight Timer, which is like the meditation app, the number one in the world, right? So I'm like contributing meditations and COVID hits, right? And I watched every single person who had been working super hard. Like I was giving as much as I could, right? I watched all those people get knocked off and then like these big names show up and I'm like, wait a minute, like I've been here doing the work and these big names have not been contributing to anything. How are they being the priority in this space when like I've been the one giving to the community and, you know, it's it's things like that which continue the process of, hey, we're this white guy, he has really long hair. So, you know, like, you can put it in a bun. That's kind of like what Buddha has on his head. Like, you know, like, and then, like, close your eyes with him. Like, he knows, right? He has the vision. He's calm. He's peaceful. Yeah, but he's also not oppressed in any way, right? His oppression to him, right, from his perspective, is like us being upset, <laughs> right? It's like us saying Black Lives Matter. And that's his oppression, right? And it still doesn't affect him. Because somehow he's still making his way to the front cover while him doing that and taking up a space that should be for me and supporting the people who I've been supporting and loving. Like, I I don't know, it's confusing. So we have companies and organizations that are ran by white people who really, really like don't get it. (laughs) Like I'm still sending them emails like, y'all better figure this out. I'm not going to sit around here, you know, while y'all are prioritizing white faces and I'm doing the work out here. That's not, that's not what I'm doing. Nah, I can't do that. So. 100%. I'm just agreeing with people in the comments. First of all, the comments are cracking me up. You're the people. I think these are mostly your followers. They love you. And someone has shouted you out. supporting them during the early days of COVID. So even it is incredibly frustrating, though, when you know you've been doing the work and you see someone else get like pushed ahead of you. It's just sickening to know that you have to do twice as much sometimes to get one eighth of the recognition. Yeah. So it's justifiable to be angry to know, hey, I've been doing this work and I've been giving all this love. And what do I get in response you know just like a spit in the face and a kick in the stomach <laughs> not very nice 
But what yeah. I like is the concept of now that so many of us are working on decolonization. There are more of us who are not going to contribute to that. We're not going to keep doing that to each other. And when we're focusing on serving other marginalized people who really are dedicated to decolonization, when we show up for our people, we are getting that love and response. And I love the idea of being able to see my money energetically and that I put my money toward the people, the things, the programs, the practices that I want to see more of and that it really is a love offering. And I want for healers of color and LGBTQIA plus healers who actually are going to ask, what are your pronouns? Who actually are going to ask, like, what has your experience through this major civil rights movement been like? And how is that affecting your work? That's who I want to work with. That's who I want to give my money to. That's who I want to support. And we know that there is a way to be ethical in how we do business, but we haven't really seen it modeled for us a lot. And so some people had this idea that, oh, if you have a gift or you do healing, you must take a vow of poverty and, you know, live on the street or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that's sustainable. And then my question would be, how are we modeling thriving for the right. people that want to support? So I, I definitely want to have healers that I can showcase like you to show what programs and offerings they have. They're specifically tailored to us that we can give them love offerings for in the form of money and receive a level of healing that other people, honestly, even if they could do it, they obviously aren't concerned about it because the way people have been pretending at the 11th hour that they don't hate black people. That's all the antimnima. We're like, oh, we just realized this might be problematic. And then oh, when yeah. AMC like, we just realized that maybe black people are tired of playing Gone with the Wind every two minutes. Oh, we just realized that y'all are tired of like all stuff. We don't miss. And we right. care. We really care. You know, Ugh. like you so late on that. We're not falling for it. And no, you can't have my money anymore. I can make right. my own syrup. Or I can buy yeah, it from like somebody who is being depressed in the same way as me. Or maybe being a person another way. I'll I'll take all adjacent suffering full. Yes. You know, so like the the idea of stepping into the space and like needing to having to work harder, like that's real. Right. And so for me, like what I realized is like even in that hardness, right? Of like, you're making this real difficult, but like there are a couple of things that I know, right? The first thing I know is that when I'm in this space, even if you're saying, oh, you got to wait, you got to hold on. That's cute. That's fine. Because all I'm doing is like deepening my intentions for the work. Right. So like why you might think you're holding me back, you're not. Right. I, I am still diving into my practices as deeply as I can, because now I'm doing it with a purpose, which is like when it is time for me to show up. No one can deny that I am doing the work, right? This is not just me like putting on the face, smiling, crossing my legs, closing my eyes. This is me struggling with myself, with what's happening within me, what's happening as 
it relates to the world. And so when my offerings come, they cannot be like duplicated. You can try to hold a course that is guided meditation and emotional intelligence, and that's going to be real cute, right? But the truth of the matter is, when it comes to the work that I'm doing, I am undoing this for myself. And so what I know I'm doing is creating opportunities for like those who look like me or who are experiencing similar things to me or even not experiencing similar things to me to get the healing, right? To, to get it. Um, yeah. Powerful way. It's not even a reframe. It's just accepting the full reality of the situation. Yeah. Is that. It is making you stronger. It is making you a more powerful healer. And you can't be duplicated. That is powerful because I know almost everybody who's tried to do anything or even ever like gone to work has had that experience of someone who just isn't you try to rip off your idea. Yeah. And you're just like, that's what you came up with. And even if you see people celebrate it because it came in the package they wanted, oh, the person had straighter hair, or they had loosely curled hair, or they had lighter skin or whatever. And people were like, yeah. oh, it's different coming from you. But you knew that compared to what you generated, it was a really bad copy. Right. That oftentimes may not get you and appreciate you, but the more you lean into just being yourself and who you are meant to be, the more you realize that there is no such thing as competition because there's only one you. Yeah. And people who want to work with you or who want to be close to you, they know there's no substitute. Yeah. That's and so why said it? Yeah, you can just say, oh, that's real cute, but <laughs> it is, you, know, I mean, you can't copy me because there's only yeah. one. Right, yeah. And so when, when I'm doing the work of like, really understanding my connections to the emotions like I can look I can literally be in a room and this has happened before I've been in a room I have said something right and five minutes go by 10 minutes go by and someone says the exact same thing and like it's like oh oh perfect that is the solution and like because I'm I am doing the work of like loving on myself, prioritizing myself in my healing, I'm sitting there and I'm like, with grace, like, yeah, it is. It's a great idea. <laughs> right. But like, the idea is great. But what you're missing is like my plan. Right. So you can like stay. Oh, let's do this. Right. Just because you heard me say it, but you don't know my thought behind it. You don't know how I'm how I'm achieving that. Right. Because in my mind, it's already done. Right. This is why I said it out loud because like I know. Yeah. And you know, it's like it, it's really a mistake. I've had that experience. What would you do at work? So if somebody snatches your idea like that, are you just like, oh yeah, sure. But then you don't get you don't collaborate anymore, right? You're like, now you can take ownership of that. Good luck. Yeah. You know, it's for me, like inside I I laugh, right? Like it's like inner, like it's almost like inner joy. Like, damn, you was right. You know, like whether anyone wants to open their mouth and say it because that's not what's being said, right? It's like, you're right. Yes, that's it. What's happening for me is like, now I just sit back and, and I be entertained, right? Like this is when I watch you scramble, right? And you and you you realize like, oh, I stole this idea, but like, I don't even know how to bring this to light, 
And so now I'm watching you do too much, right? While I'm in the back and I'm like, I mean, games moisturized. <laughs> this is my goal. This is my goal. And I'm like, can I, because it, it sounds a little petty. And I, I say that with positive connotations. Because sometimes just pettiness, just it gives me a level of joy. I just can't explain. But I want to be petty and not bothered at the same time. Is that a spiritual concept or am I being? <laughs> I love that question. Yeah, that's grace, right? Like that's knowing like that you right and they're wrong and enjoying the fact that now they need to figure it out. Like pettiness, like. We've been using pettiness as like this thing where we're like, oh, that's terrible. Like, look at me, you know, like we're, we're, we're framing it as ego, right? And if we're really doing it from a space where we're like, I am prioritizing myself, like I'm taking care of myself. Like I, I know that was my thing. I don't have to fight to know that was my thing. Right. And so I'm showing up and I'm being petty, but like, as long as I'm putting some grace into it, like. Yes. I'll feel bad about it. <laughs> Not bothered. I, yeah. I just love that. I love that. That's made my day. That's the takeaway, everybody. You can be petty in a spiritual way. I love yes. that. Tell us about, for a lot of us who maybe were raised in really Christian traditions, we might not know about traditional African religions. And yeah. so not everybody's going to be familiar with Trust Your Ori. Can you tell us what is Ori and... How do you bring traditional African practices or philosophies into your work? Yeah. Okay. So super interesting. We know traditionally African people, the African traditions are, you know, like really against queerness, right? Like this is like the thing that I think I've always been up against as it relates to like being African or understanding my heritage and connection to it. So a part of, of building that, I don't know, like building that energy or, or building that connection is realizing like, well, I'm going to come into this space and I'm going to bring in whatever I got. And my hope is to shift it. Right. So that like people can get this idea that queerness is un African out of the picture, right? Because it's not necessary, right? It's not necessary for African people and connection to be strong or to be anything. And so for me, I practice Ifa, right? Which is the philosophy tradition that is based in West Africa. And Ori is like in the front of, of the practice. So when you, when we think about the practice, we typically hear about like Orisha, right? It's like, oh, Oshun and Ilegwa and Shango. Like these are, these are the things that are being pushed as like the things in front. Like these are the most important things about the tradition. And as I've continued to like learn and explore and, and, and really dive into the practice, what I realize is that the tradition is based on principles, but there are a couple that like really stand out. So one of the things that stands out is that before we come into this world, we have already decided our destiny, 
right? And so it's like in in the realm of spirit, like before you show up in the flesh, you already know what you're coming here to do. You already know how to do it. And the work that that is, is like, I'm just needing to recall, right? Like I just need to remember what it is I need to do, how I need to do it. And so all of it is like stored in, in you know, on the top of the head, like in the ori, like this is the space, the the inner wisdom. This is where we are divinely connected to our our forces, right? And so, trust your ori is that space where I do my best to remind you, like, yeah, you are going through something, but you've probably gone through it before. It probably looked like something else. And you already know what to do, right? And so this is this is what the practice is based on. And so, you know, there's a lot of, like, I was expecting for a lot more people to get it. And then I was like, oh, wait, but like the Arisha are like so much more, like we as like Black people and people of color, like we love to put someone else in front of us, right? So it's like, oh, let's look at Beyonce. Oh, you know, like let's let's look at all like all of these different people as our our things to model. And when we are focusing first on ourselves, which is what this work is all about, and we're focusing on like Ori and this inner knowing, then what we're doing is we are developing ourselves and really doing it so that we're creating this opportunity to show up with good character, right? Like that, that is like what this is all about. Like it's not about going to the ocean. It's not about the river, right? It's, it's so much about building yourself to be the best person that you can be and doing that work from within right before you step out and go into the world to do it. I love the idea of having all of that wisdom inside you the whole time. So many different faiths encourage you to look outwardly for guidance and they give lists of rules instead of principles. Yeah. Do you find people are uncomfortable with having to navigate morality or what is the right thing to do on their own? Yeah, definitely. I think what, so I find two things. One of the first things I find is that people are willing to try it, (laughs) right? Which is like shocking to me. I was like, wow, like people are willing to do this, like not realizing, you know, like the work that it takes, you know? And, and then I guess like on the other end of this, people are, no, people do struggle, right? With like, is this right? You know, what will my mom think? Like, my aunt saying like, this is like devil worship. Like, like, there's like a lot that's happening, right? It's even happening within my own circles. And, you know, what I'm finding is that people are fearing things that they don't know. People are fearing things that they don't understand. And when we allow white people to be the voice of like our practices, our purpose, our intentions, our philosophies, our traditions, they will make it look however they see it. Right. And, and this is what we see like in the media, right. Where, you know, black people doing all of this stuff, you know, to themselves, they're leaving offerings at the river and the ocean, like 
what are they doing? This is demonic. And really, it's not, right? Really, if we think about it, this work is so centered around connecting to and understanding and showing gratitude to the forces of nature that are with us and within us, right? And so we can do all that work within ourselves. Like I can, like, I don't need an ancestor altar. Like they're already here, right? Like I, I am them. They're sitting in me somewhere, right? It's my responsibility to do the work of, of revealing that truth to myself and of making space, right? And so this is like what all of the work that I'm offering is all about is like, let's go in there. Let's see what's happening. Let's make some space, right? So that, I don't know, you know, just so that spirit has room. <laughs> like it doesn't have room. concept of not having to do a lot of external things, because I know that's one thing that's always intimidating to me when I look at other religious practices that are, I'm like, oh, there's all these things I don't know that if I was raised with this, I would know, how do you make an altar? How do you do this? How do you do that? And how do you integrate? Those traditional practices, if you do still love Christianity, how do you mingle the two? Because plenty of people have done that. Plenty of like entire nations have done it. But it feels like, oh, it's so much to learn. But I love the concept of the wisdom being within you and your work being to reconnect to that and that it doesn't have to be complicated. And it is within your reach. So much with really Western religions yeah. is that there is a process for indoctrination. So if you're afraid of doing things wrong, which we've all been raised to be afraid of doing things wrong, oh, they have a process. Like, you know what practice you're going to take before, you know, they're going to welcome you into the new congregation or baptize you or do whatever. There's a the whole thing. But with these other religions, they're almost so... And maybe more philosophies than religions, really. Yeah. But they're so broad that it's scary, I think. Yeah. They're like, where are the rules? How do we not do it? Is an ancestor really mad at me because, like, I didn't face this offering toward the East or something like that? Yeah. You know, and so, and so all of, all of those, those ideas like so there are principles right and one of the principles is you need have no fear right and so it's like all of those things that had me thinking like oh i'm i could be doing this wrong oh god oh no like what what what's happening you know like if we understand the principles which are super simple you know like then we can realize like oh yeah like if i am focusing on the fact that I'm prioritizing what I'm not doing right as it relates to like my own connection to the divine, like that's fear. Like I'm afraid to be doing something wrong. I'm afraid that, you know, something bad will happen to me. And, you know, I guess what I'm finding is that, you know, it's just like the fact that people are afraid to do things for themselves is the part that's like scary, right? When it comes to doing the work for ourselves, like we have to find within ourselves like the confidence and the courage to say, you know what? I know I got to try this. I'm going to just, I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to dive in deep 
I, I can shift. I can adjust. I can make these changes if I need to. And it all starts within. <laughs> like, you know, I can read the books. I can do whatever. But like, if I'm doing something and I feel like this is just not right, then it's probably just not right. Yeah. I love that that concept that it's going to be about building your connection to your intuition. So tell us, who is the ideal person for the current offering? Who yeah, so, is Grace work? Yeah. So State of Grace, the guided meditation and emotional intelligence course, right? And the 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 people right who need this are the people who are ready to take this energy this new energy of trusting the self into their communities right so the idea for for this course is that we are showing up for whoever shows up like if you know people are literally signing up from all around the world and it's like we're showing up in this space and in this space, I am being vulnerable. I'm building community. I am building a conversations with myself, with those who might not be like me or who might be like me. And, and what I'm really doing is I am creating this opportunity to go within, right? And so we are in this course, like, going in like you know people people are invited to go as deep into their past as they want to right and people are allowed to stay on the surface as long as they want to right but the people who who this course has been created for are the people who realize there is room for more of myself right and i Am unwilling to continue carrying all of these things, or I'm just willing to understand myself a little bit more, right? Like, you know, I think that when we, when we take a look at like what's been happening in the world and I mean, the election alone, like I was watching people have at it. I mean, people were screaming, crying, so much was happening. And it's like, why am I doing that? Why is that my response to my experience? And so this course is so much about redeveloping and, and renegotiating, you know, my emotional responses. Like, how am I showing up in the space? And when, when I'm doing that with intention, when I'm doing that with understanding and when I'm doing that with grace, nothing can take me away from the power of spirit right? Like this is all me, <laughs> you know, that stuff can happen and it will happen whether we want it to or not, but how I'm dealing with it, how it's, it's taking place in my body is another story. And so this is like the people who are wanting to undo oppression from within, right? Like we are starting inside the earliest thing that's ever happened. We're doing our best to undo that, to, to, to liberate ourselves from those experiences. So I hope that I answered your question. Translate our internalized emotion. That's massive. I, I really know. It's their meditation. We're traveling 
depression. Our blocks, I know for me personally, come from internalized depression. And I started getting coaching this year from a decolonization business coach, a femme of color, who was also a queer person. And there are a number of ways in which people of color in their own way and business related to internalized depression and related to us being cut off from our own body and our own intuition and from spirit because we have been told like you need to be able to prove everything. You got to justify it. You got to test it. You got to do everything in this very colonized way. But still, even after all this time and all this assimilating that we've done, it doesn't resonate with us. And then we find ourselves procrastinating, working against ourselves because we don't want to fully lean into these practices that don't feel right because we haven't done our decolonization work. But honestly, before this year, I would have been like, what is decolonization work? I I didn't know anyone who was doing that. I certainly didn't see people doing it around specific things like business and relationships and how you deal with people if you're working for other people. So I feel like as much as this year has been a monster, because no one ever told us how awkward, uncomfortable, and sure how traumatic it is to live through a major civil rights movement. Nobody mentioned it. It was too painful. I know that like they never mentioned it. Even like I know one of my parents was living, well, he is from downtown. He was here and he was in high school, early in high school when they integrated. He has never talked about it. My dad is such a communicator. That lets you know it was a shit show. It was a freaking yeah. civil rights movement, but we made so much and technology together. And we can have felt called to shift their business to serve us in a way that helps us move through all this. It's it's beautiful to see. So I could see this workshop being useful for anyone who's trying to see how are my issues with internalized depression making my life more difficult than it has to be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that's real. So let's talk about medicine, right? Like, let's talk about like, like, let's, let's practice a little bit if that's all right with you. And so first, I want to say this. Yeah, the the piece of like, I didn't realize until you just said it, like, we are, I'm living through a civil rights movement. Like, I was trying to like not look at it for a second or didn't even realize I was turning my eyes away, but that's true. And so one of the things that's like been medicine is a seat at the table, like Solange's album, like that's medicine. Like, I'm like listening and I'm like, you, yes, like you forecasted the weather correctly. (laughs) Like someone should be paying you for doing that in particular. But so that's medicine. Like I'm listening to that and I am understanding like this is this is it. This is what it can sound like to be in a space of undoing that from within, because that is what the album was all about. Right. It was like, I'm going within. I got to figure this out for myself. And this is, this is the aftermath. This is what it looks like. And it's beautiful medicine. 
So if you're not listening to that, have not listened to that, get your medicine, okay? But I do want to guide us through like maybe a 10 minute practice. I know we're kind of coming to the end of our time. I mean, that was great. Cool. Okay. So wherever you are, just try to get comfortable, right? So if you've been sitting, like we've been sitting for a while. So if you need to like move your spine, whatever you got to do, like get yourself comfortable. And then just notice what your breath feels like, right? So you're just breathing in and out through the nose, noticing what that feels like. And whenever you're ready, just take a look at everything that you can see in front of you and then just gently close your eyes, right? So you're just kind of taking a mental picture of like what's, what's in your space, where you are. And when you close the eyes, just continue connecting to your breath, right? You're feeling into the breath from the inside. And so you might notice that on your inhale, the belly's expanding, right? You're filling up. And on the exhale, the belly is dropping back towards your spine. And so just rest in that space, noticing what it feels like to exist, knowing what it feels like to be in this space as you are, not needing to change, not needing to shift, not needing to meet any expectations. And so we're going to move into the body and just notice whatever's happening, however we show up, right? That means we're not undoing any tension. We're not changing, shifting, adjusting. If those things happen naturally with the exhale, then just allow those things to go. And so you can start at the top of the head and just allow the the attention to just move down, right? So it's like all the way down to the feet. So you're passing the face and arms, the chest and the back the thighs, butt, the groin, the legs, the feet. And you can just let the attention move throughout the body freely. Again, just taking this as your opportunity to notice what's happening for you right in this moment. And so I want you to notice body as deeply as you can. And I want you to notice any subtle changes any shifts in the body, no matter their size, right? When you hear the word sadness, noticing if anything is different, noticing if anything's changed. And so I want you to go into this space that is most noticeable, right? Whatever space was the loudest, just go right there. And then take the next few moments just to look at What's happening? Where in the body it's showing up? What that feels like? And then just take this as your opportunity to just offer up surrender, right? So you might just say, Hey, I surrender you. You can, you can go and notice if it's still there. Notice if it's, if it's just like sitting, right? If it's like, mm, I'm here. Mm-mm. It's not enough. And so continue paying attention to it, right? taking in as much information as you can about the feeling. And so then I want you to 
continue being in the space. And this time, I want you to tap into your inner wisdom. And so you're just going to say to the space, what is it that I can do to liberate you? And then just gently listen for the answer. It might be a word. It might be a sentence. It might be a full plan. And when you feel like you've heard or you've gotten the message, be in the space just a little bit longer. And take this as your opportunity to show gratitude, right? This could be, thank you for letting me know. And you can bring hands to the belly, the hands to the heart. And when you get your hands there, just press them into the space. Just, you know, I, like a little weight on these, on these spaces. Feeling the connection into the space that is still moving, even in your moment of stillness. Feeling into the place, space that is a constant anchor in our existence. And take a deep inhale through your nose. And you can let it all out through your mouth. And then when you're ready, you can blink the eyes open. Coming back into the space as gently as you can and with grace. That was just beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on today. And thank you to everybody who joined us. If you're watching this on IG, you can already see Josh's handle. And you can connect through the bio. Yeah, I'm sure you have your workshop link in the bio. Watching this on YouTube. I'm going to put all of the relevant links in the notes. And they've also been popping up on the screen. I love featuring healers of color. If you want to see more content like this, you should visit my YouTube channel. And it's just Dahlia Kinsey, my name, D-A-L-I-A-K-I-N-S-E-Y. Make sure you hit the alarm bell, the little bell, so that you get a notification whenever something new is out there. And my podcast also centered on BIPOC and LGBTQIA+ health and happiness. And this episode, just the audio is going to be playing there as well. This is absolutely my favorite type of content that's focused on real tangible things that we can use to thrive, not just to get by. And in spaces where we're not just tolerated, we're celebrated, we're centered, and we're welcomed. So thank you so much for creating this space with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is, yeah, it's beautiful to be in a space where we can have these conversations and to do it with with knowing, like these just need to be had. So thank you for creating this space too. Absolutely. Ah, well, I will absolutely be keeping in touch. I feel like we should do something like this again. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, they might try to put you in a box Tell them that you don't accept When the world is tripping out Tell them that you love yourself Hey, hey. 
smile on them Live your life just how you like it It's your party Negativity is not invited For my queer folk, my trans People of color, let your voice be heard Look in the mirror and say that it's time to put me first You were born to win Head up high with confidence This show is for everyone So I thank you for tuning in Let's go